0: Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top-producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it
1: comes to real estate, we're all in.
0: Okay, thanks for tuning in today, guys. Welcome Um, back. Yeah, it has been fun, but there's been a lot of excitement We've brought on some pretty good guests. So last week we had uh, Ryan Smith from the city. Today is Dina Steele. We've had her on before, second time
1: coming on the show. She manages short-term rentals, so she's a perfect person to talk to.
0: Yeah, she's more on the luxury high-end houses, but she absolutely crushes it in this market. Yeah, love the information she has. So we just dive straight into it and basically talk about the legislation that's going on
1: and we live streamed yeah yeah it was our first live stream dina showed us what's up with the yeah social medias yeah and she's
0: also starting on her own podcast yeah so yeah give her a, a follow
1: and um, i think we should live stream one one time that'd be kind of fun yeah yeah absolutely just have to figure out how to do it though. See, yeah give, Pop give on the fans the what they machine. want and, yeah yeah <laughs> anyways guys
0: enjoy the show This is a pretty dynamic situation. So obviously like information changes daily, weekly kind of thing. So we're trying to like produce these as fast as we can and keep up with the content. So yeah, we'll let you listen and uh, give us some feedback. Okay. So people that are tuning in, we were talking about short-term rentals today specifically the new legislation that was brought a little while ago Um, but we're going to dive into just kind of how we do our normal show and most of it's just raw we don't clip out a whole lot so come on give nikki some credit well nikki gets the audio
1: on point yeah but we are just so fluid yeah yeah. Yeah. we're not generally cutting out content and yeah yeah censoring ourselves but we do make it sound pretty
2: i love raw i love
0: here we go (laughs) we will get on with the show because i've got a baby monitor here i've got about another hour of nap time
1: so yeah, nice. what's an hour of nap time like? <laughs> yeah. All right. Dude, okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Obviously what's happened has affecting your business mm. quite a bit.
2: So many businesses in this town. Yeah. It's wild. And it's such a volatile topic. Yeah. It's really hard. I said, you know, I'm not gonna do any major media, definitely real estate specific.
1: Wait, wait. This isn't major <laughs> well, media. <either.
2: laughs> real estate pardon me. <laughs> It's such a volatile topic. I'm super aware. I follow the news on short-term rentals, yeah. Kona, across the globe. And I know we are villainized. But it was really interesting to hear Mohini Singh yesterday at the council meeting say, this is part of the problem and part of the solution. Because when we're talking about affordability, this also creates affordability for homeowners yeah. to keep their homes.
1: Yeah. Especially if you bought it with that plan. Yeah,
2: for sure. I know I was speaking with a realtor in Vancouver and a lot of his friends did pre-sales here. They don't own in Vancouver. They can't. And this is the only way they can own real estate is to offer it as a short-term rental. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. They're like, they could never afford anything there. And even here, you know, the condo I purchased downtown, I was like, I would never pay this kind of rent. I would never pay that. And that was another thing, you know, I think people need to think about is this isn't going to create affordable housing. If all of these properties flood the market, the carry costs are just so extreme.
0: A lot of those properties, people aren't going to be buying. Like if we're talking about affordability on someone that's new, that's trying to get into the market, I mean, $600,000 place at Discovery Bay, most people aren't going to buy as their first property. So we're not really creating affordability for the right people
2: Exactly. uh, that need it.
0: And yeah, like you touched on, so somebody has a basement suite, they're running as maybe an Airbnb in the summer to make a little bit of extra cash. If we take that away from them, hold on. That's allowed. Yeah. Ish. Well, yeah, Ish. we
2: don't in some municipalities we, will be. Yeah, allowed. we don't fully yeah. know yet.
0: Yes, they indicated that is allowed. Yeah. Like carriage houses and legal basement suites. But I mean, if they take that away and that person now can't afford that home. We're kicking people out of our community that are already here, already contributing, already in the community, and now we're taking affordability away from them and providing it to who? Like somebody from Toronto or Vancouver that can now afford that house without running it as an Airbnb? Think we just need to like press pause and take a little bit more time and get some data. Do you know much about like the New York? Like they came out with a similar situation. Like are there historic, data points we can pull on
2: that's the problem it's really hard to measure i don't think anybody has any kpis really that they can measure and that makes me so uncomfortable yesterday in the meeting they said the one number they did have was that they saw 70 long-term rentals decommissioned And they cross-referenced the short-term rental business license. And I was like, oh, but 70 out of 2,400 short-term rentals. Like, that's not a significant...
1: And also that has been rectified because the city of Kelowna is confused because you weren't allowed to use a rental property, like legal basement suite. Your place had to be like a non-conforming suite. So people were making their legal suites non-legal to be able to Airbnb them. Mm -hmm. So then they had 70 people... Not like decommission their suite to be able to do that. But now, with the new, apparently legal suites are allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: But because of our current regulations in Kelowna, that still will not be permitted. Yeah. So the province's regulations will supersede anything that the city yeah. can apply. And That's right. The city can only add restrictions not add more permissiveness, yeah. is what Ryan Smith said. Which is cool. That's crazy. exactly, what, oh,
1: it's that's exactly to... what he said on our podcast, too. Yeah
0: so, yeah, so we're recording this on the 24th of October. They just had the council meeting yesterday. We'll go to a public hearing on the 21st of November. This podcast will be released first week in November, just so listeners know the timeline. But yeah, it's wild to me that we're racing to try and come up with our own municipal stance on this when we have really no power. Like the provincial government... Is going to trump whatever we say. So, yeah, we can make it more restrictive. But I guess, do we have power in the sense where our municipality can then go and plead with the provincial government and say, hey, this is what we want? These are the exemptions we want. Like at this stage, we don't know really the buildings. They said there are primary use, short term rental buildings. That are right now allowable unless, and they put this everywhere in the meeting, was like, unless regulations change provincially and then we have to abide by them. So they really just covered themselves and saying, we'll kind of make up our own legislation on it until it gets trumped. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, what's the solution for us? We go to the public hearing, we present our case and they take it to the province.
2: I don't think they have to take it to the province. I think we really need to solicit the province. I think that's probably where the big needle needs to move at the Kelowna level. I mean, I would request, this is what I'm going to request, is that we not be too restrictive. If the province's regulations supersede everything, then... Let that be the case. This is one thing that wasn't brought up in the city council meeting, which was really disappointing. I'll go on that later. But if we reach 3% vacancy rate here in Kelowna, we can ask the province to allow us to be exempt from the STR Act. So if we create our own restrictions to undo what we're proposing, would be extremely difficult. And if we need to act quickly as landlords or homeowners, if we can't find a long-term tenant, we have the option to short-term because we were given permission by the province. If we have to undo all of our local regulations, that's not a quick process. Yeah. So we'd be out hung to dry. I remember when the vacancy rate was 2.6%. I think it was 2019. You couldn't get anything rented. People were giving away a month or two of free rent to get people in there. And that was 2.6%. I remember looking around thinking, where... Are all these people coming from watching all the apartment buildings like St. Paul and whatnot go up? That didn't last long, of course, but it could happen again where we're in a pinch and we won't be able to quickly pivot if the city becomes super restrictive.
0: So they came out and said if we reach 3% vacancy, then...
2: You can apply or you can ask for exemption. Kelowna and Victoria are kind of, I was saying, like the black sheep. So I feel like won't just be because CMHC reports annually which is another unfortunate thing with the vacancy rate, I'm imagining they'd like to see more than one year at 3%. Right.
1: So Also, will we even hit 3%? I don't
2: think so. Yeah. Not with the growth that we're seeing even across Canada, but in Kelowna, yeah. I don't know. I doubt it. You know, Love Grove yeah, said sure yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Love Grove was like, oh, you know, once we catch up, I'm like, when?
0: <laughs> I, I know, I heard that too. And it was like, oh, we're short 5,000 units. Like when we catch up, it's like, we're never going to. Let's just be realistic. Like we will never catch up to the demand. The best bet is just try and implement a strategy to provide, you know, as much housing as we can. But like we need to change the metric. It's just it's a great place to live. If we have a surplus of units available, people are gonna buy them. So what are they trying to achieve in terms of their like affordability? Is it rent or is it purchasing? Because if they want a three percent vacancy, they're just focusing on rent, but that doesn't really do a lot to the purchasing. Unless it's like pulling investors out?
2: Great question. I mean, that's the question I think we have to ask them. They're very ambiguous, kind of about what affordability looks like. Yeah. Very ambiguous. So that's definitely a great question. I don't know what they're looking for because rent, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
0: I mean, I, I don't know. It depends what your stance is. Like, I think rent's actually very affordable right now compared to most people. I knew probably we'd get a lot of hate <laughs> over that. <No. laughs>
2: I- <laughs> so expensive i think it's so expensive so i'll give yeah. you two stories so one is a client of mine bought a second property which is poo poo whatever yeah so we're in mckinley and i said you know what it's just not really strong out here there's so much construction let's put it on the long-term market sent him a referral they listed it at 3200 it was online for 90 days got two bites nothing signed what was it Brand new two bed two bath duplex. Expensive, thirty two hundred. His carrying costs are nearly six thousand. So he was willing to take that hit, and he still could not get it listed.
0: No, I think we're arguing the same. That's what I mean. I think it's affordable to be a renter for sure, because to own that property is way more expensive. So we've actually hit affordability in terms of a tenant needing a place to live. And I know, like, a lot of people are going to hate me for this. I can see it from Matt already. Shut up. (laughs) But. I really truly think in today's current climate, you're actually better to be a renter because you're losing money on your mortgage payments. Like it's one of those. I think cash flow. I think yeah, you're right. It's one of those yeah. like small windows. If you sold your house a year ago or two years ago and you are renting right now, your payment substantially less than your mortgage. And yeah, obviously your mortgage payment. Some of that's going towards principal, but I think the rental market is affordability. That's kind of covered. The purchasing side of it, yeah, that is an issue, but. It's never going to be resolved in Kelowna. It's a great place to live. Like, the best. It's cheaper than Vancouver. It's cheaper than Toronto. Like,
2: the whole argument about service staff needing accommodations. Again, I'm like, the rent is way too high. And I get it. Everything's expensive to buy and it's expensive to rent.
1: Yep.
2: Short term rentals isn't even saving these owners. A lot of them aren't cash flowing. So it's not like, oh, investor greed. I'm like, I think everyone's just trying to ride this storm out. And short-term rentals is not reducing the number. It's not going to save. What about
1: your business, Dina? Like you have like luxury lakefront properties. Like how does that help?
2: Well, most of these properties are not their principal or primary residences. So I won't be helped at all. I need an exemption. I have an idea of how to get a different kind of license to operate those properties, unfortunately. I think those two, they're underutilized. They're not affordable for renting ever they're just sitting vacant yeah why not fill them with people that are contributing to our local economy while they're staying here versus sitting vacant and no one's spending any money that's another
0: so would the solution there be then like if it's over two million dollar threshold like assessment Three million, whatever. Hi, like, Phil. that's not even in our ballpark. Should they just say, okay, we're exempting those properties because it's not going to move the needle?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, who's being saved by, by airbnb being a $6 million lakefront property? Are the millionaires worried that their prices are going up? Or?
2: No, they're just worried about the parties. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a single yeah, party get, in front of <laughs> single party in four or five years honestly i mean we'll probably have a lot of resistance from neighbors for sure and maybe you get an agreement from the neighbors not this good neighbor agreement but actually like propose to your neighbors are you cool with this because neighbors are honestly the biggest thorn in my side oh my god you tell them and then they just lose their mind for laughter at five o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) So, I have a few ideas, 3 million and up for sure, maybe even four, because a lot of these houses already are so expensive. And you're like, that's kind of like entry level luxury. And that's not what I'm after. I'm after like these big estate properties that nobody stays in. 97% of Hobson is empty all year long. So, I would love to bring some.
0: Well, and it's not like if somebody owns that, and maybe I'm wrong here, but they're not leaning so much on the revenue of Airbnb. (laughs) It's like, cool, it's nice to like help pay their property taxes, but like, They're not cash flowing so much on that's going to make them sell the property or not. So it's either going to happen or it's not. And if it doesn't, then we lose a bunch of people supporting tourism and, you know, but we won't push too much on that. So who are they trying to target then? If it's not them, is it just neighborhoods?
2: I think the most noise, and this is really unfortunate from my part, from my peers, we don't talk to city council. Everything in our world is tickety-boo. Our guests are amazing. There's no complaints. And I knew this would come with the volume that we were seeing come online, that a lot of people that are new to operating don't know how to sniff out bad guests or a bad group, or they're hungry, they're price dropping. And just, I knew that there'd be more complaints for sure with city council. So I knew that this was coming quickly. But we have not advocated to the city. We have not communicated with them. The success stories, like we have some amazing guests from really unique profiles coming. And they have no idea. And he said there's just a mountain of nightmare horror stories that come in. Yeah. And they have no idea on the other side. So that's why I'm really happy to hear that it's going to public hearing. But I encourage everybody... To speak to each councillor individually, they are talking about public consultation beyond a public hearing, and we did the stakeholder meetings back in 2018, and they were fruitless. The city staff is your filter to council. Council's only education on the topic is the four-page, five-page, 12-page document they get if they have time to read it. So I say solicit Ryan Smith, Kim Burnett, the lead on the project with him, and all the councillors. Even perhaps speaking with Maxine and Loyal, who have to recuse themselves because of the conflict of interest. They need yes. to know. Okay,
0: so yeah. I saw that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you watch the live no, stream? Just- so there was. Two council members that had to dismiss themselves. Why? Because, because they have Airbnb's. Yeah, and so there is. Uh,
2: Maxine's got two conflicts. She's got two properties, I believe, in Discovery Bay. Yeah, and she works with Hotel industry for the last thirty-five years. Yeah, so she always bad. steps out yeah. every okay. single time.
0: But is it a conflict of interest when you're asking two people that are invested in it to step out when everyone else is not? Like you're weighing it on
1: one side.
2: Hundred percent. There's no like balance. It doesn't, it doesn't make any also, sense.
1: Also, like I think we need to talk about. This is a provincial decision. Yeah. So like we're talking to the city, who's just waiting for the provincial government to tell them what's up. Well,
2: this right? city's been begging for help from the province because there's really not much you can do yeah
0: what i think was it ron cannon really loved him and he was basically like everyone just slow it down a little bit like we don't know exactly what the province is gonna do let's just kind of like take a breath yeah i loved his stance on it
2: he's the people's counselor i feel no offense to tom next next time i really would love to see ron in that chair as well
0: yeah they showed their presentation there was an increase of 89 percent mm. licensing since 2020 i kind of think they presented that in like a negative context like oh my god we're getting all the." but isn't that a good thing they're asking like that was the big campaign over the last couple of years was let's regulate it let's get people doing this legally mm-hmm. let's follow the rules great we just kind of got everyone to do that and now it's like a negative where oh my god we're getting like an influx of
2: licenses great point it's
0: too much so, that's what
2: they wanted everyone to get licensed yeah so that's what people were doing
0: <laughs> i'm kind of kind of <laughs> lost it and so the revenue 2023 you have year to date so they still have a month left just shy of a million dollars that's pretty good revenue to run a staff to I know it's a lot to police this and have bylaw enforcement and everything, but that's a fair chunk of money to the city. To use that in a positive way so to take that away from them mm-hmm. it must hurt a little bit mm-hmm.
1: well in the country- well, they're still going to have to have licenses right even the basement suites everyone's going to have a license right, to have but so now like
0: licensing needs to be applied for and, and this was one of the things that was brought up yesterday was how can we expect people to apply for a license when we don't know if they can use it in six months time so are people just going to buy a license and then they're going to have to refund everybody like that's the trouble with the legislation not knowing like, yeah, yeah. So I know they're trying to provide information so everyone can make decisions, but
2: it's causing well, chaos. Send it causing chaos. Why send out a half-baked or partially baked legislation without any details? Like, what was the point of that? Just yeah. to be like, hey, we're doing something. I'm like, you're creating chaos. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're creating chaos.
1: What about the time of year? Like, obviously, they brought it off at the beginning of the off season. So, like, it's supposed to be. Come into effect in May.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So like kind of nice that they didn't do this in June.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, they're very conscious of that. I think every yeah, time they do yeah, roll
0: it out. they're yeah, Really playing the political game in the yeah.
1: uh, oh, film. You know, something you
0: said a little while ago, like they're not shining light on the positive that it brings to the community. One of the things that like, I don't think anyone's spoken about is, okay, where do people stay when there's a wedding or there's a funeral or you're just visiting family or like, your daughter gives birth to their new baby and you're coming up and like helping out for a month or two, like, where do you stay? What about like the hundred families that got evacuated and lost their houses mm-hmm. for fires? Like we housed two families during fires. My brother's unit, they housed families. Like where do those people go? We go to hotels yep. who are now going to double, triple rates. Like when Emily and I went to a funeral in Vancouver this summer, like hotel rates were like 700 bucks a night. We got a nice little basement Airbnb For half that price, which was still expensive, but like, what's gonna happen if you take all those away? Are people just gonna stop supporting people Mm -hmm. in those either celebrations or like, you know, time of need? Yeah. It's a service that to me, it self regulates. If it wasn't being used, it wouldn't be profitable. And I'm saying profitable, of just like, it's like Uber. Mm Why do we fight Uber so much when, like, if the taxi provides such a poor service and somebody comes up with a better option and they succeed, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Like, let them keep going.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's arguing that it's not an amazing asset to the city, which is why I'm very happy to see they're open to allowing us to keep our licenses, the ones that exist, which they did halt license applications. Mm-hmm. So you can apply for the next 90 days at least.
1: So, well, let's talk about this. So when I hear this, I think that the designated condos seem to be the only gray area. Like to me, it's like the single family home is just a no. Suites are yeses. Carriage houses are yeses. It's just the only thing that we're not right. really sure about is the condos that are currently zoned for them. And we don't know what the future is.
0: So in their presentation yesterday, they had three categories and you'll probably correct me on this. It's basically if it's designated principal use. Secondary use. Principal use for short-term rentals. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were buildings that were principal use with a condition that they had to be rented for six months long-term, I guess, was the exempt. And that was like Discovery Bay. And then there was like owner-occupied house. It had to be your principal residence. And then you could do the basement suite or the carriage house. Right. So if you own your house, you can do the basement suite in the carriage house.
2: Are you now onto the provincial legislation or the three categories?
0: three categories that the cities. No,
2: So the third column was the legal non-conforming. So those were buildings that were kind of grandfathered, like the Brooklyn, St. Paul building on Clement there. So no, I think those.
0: Right. So those ones, they're trying to grandfather those in. Right. And so the only one that's currently being built without occupancy permit to date that doesn't have the proper zoning that would hopefully grandfather in would be caban so aqua does but caban doesn't
2: well caban i was under the impression it was c9 right because it's all like hotel tourists with the shore beside and they were actually saying that that address wasn't mentioned yeah
0: which was ron brought that up which i thought was great he's like what about the shore this is like literally i don't know who owns that like awesome but they yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What was your point?
0: Well, they own a bunch of hotels. Like, so my point is, is what, what buildings are exempt and what are not exempt? Like they made this list. If it's principal use for Airbnb, it's allowed.
2: Yes. And I'm assuming we're hoping that that will remain But again, we don't have the details from the province if that supersedes it. So then what do we have to do? And this is what I'd like to hear from a developer. Do we have to rezone then? So in West Kelowna, they have a tourist accommodation zone. So it's not impacted at all. That's Barona Beach. That's Boucherie Beach. That's not impacted at all by the provincial legislation.
0: So we rezone it to that.
2: Exactly. And perhaps this is step one that the city will dangle a carrot for us being like, we'll remove these zones because then step two Maybe we have to create new zoning, which we just updated. Yeah, which and is I, insane. It's such was, a
0: waste of resources.
2: Absolutely. And I was so curious, why did we rezone? Like we had RM7 down on Sunset Drive and now it's UC1, which is like blanket everything, but with the legal non-conforming yeah. use. So I don't know if it was a strategy coincidence. I think that's all have to happen is if the city does want to still allow those buildings and not take that get out of jail free card, we... Potentially have to rezone those buildings.
0: Yeah, we've already recorded the episode, but right. Taylor Muso, she'll come out after this episode, and she works with a lot of developers and pre-sales, and and that's what we spoke about too. Is like if you take this away from developers, you're going to have a lot of very upset developers right. that are investing a lot to plan and mold this city. <laughs> The market yeah and we're like sure they're building a lot of units in aqua that are short term rental but they're also building phase two and three that provide like a lot of long-term accommodation but as a developer you kind of need to make your profit somewhere and if they can sneak a little bit out on phase one on short-term rental and then kind of lose not lose but like shorten their margin on phase two and three like let them let them do that we need that for the housing supply.
2: I can't wait for your interview with John Friesen because the DCC fees are so high. How are we creating more affordable housing when we're just charging 10X on a care trust? It used to be 2,500, now it's 25,000. Like where's the city's financial incentives here? I think those are some of the solutions that we need to talk about. And Florence is a great example. So right now they're restricting any further applications for short-term rentals. In their core, they're having a real challenge but they're incentivizing so they get to keep their license if you have it and they're incentivizing them. If you want to go from short-term to long-term, we'll give you a three-year tax break. I haven't heard a peep about a financial incentive to help these owners with their carry costs. How are they, if they go to long-term, they're taking massive- Where
1: was that? Did you say Florence? Florence,
2: Italy. Florence, Italy. So three years, pardon me, tax incentive to convert from short-term to long-term. Yeah. All we're doing is penalizing people, not incentivizing or supporting.
0: So yeah. So let's focus on solutions then for a little bit. I think that's amazing. We could remove property tax for people that have long-term tenants- There's a passive income, like a 50% tax bracket on passive income, 52.2, we could remove that. There's so many options like removing DCC fees if you're looking to subdivide. Even if you want to like really speculate on that, we did a campaign of foreign investors buying in Canada and let's remove that. And really that didn't affect anything. But if they think that's the issue, like why not say, okay, only BC residents are now allowed to own and operate an Airbnb license, or you're only allowed one per household. Because if they think people are monopolizing this market and institutional investors are buying in all these Airbnbs, it's like one person buying a rental property to try and save. And now you're taking that away from them.
1: One per household. I like that. Thank
0: you.
2: I don't. (laughs) No. (laughs) But like,
0: it's a give and take, but I think you're right. Like let's incentivize long-term rentals. Like Mm. instead of saying, sure, you can rent out your basement suite, short-term rental, let them do that. But incentivize it where if you did a long-term rental agreement, it's kind of the same. And then it gives the choice to them or renegotiate the Tenancy Act. Like the Tenancy Act kills me. Allow them to take a full month security damage deposit. Like I've had so many tenants First and
2: last month's rent. Please. Yeah, we have to do that for yeah. daycare, for daycare.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm okay with it. What
2: are your babies doing? I'm totally there? okay with it. Damage.
0: Yeah. If the kid runs away, like that's an issue, but like it gives no power to the landlord. So the tenant just gives a three day notice and he's like, Hey, I'm out of here. Great. You're out a month's rent. Like, what is the incentive to do that? So, I think they really could do a better job at, and they did talk about this a little bit at council yesterday. And again, that's to the government. Could our neighbors in Alberta like they have way more power and their housing is more affordable?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the city kind of washed their hands. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you live?
0: (laughs) Because I like unaffordable things.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The city kind of washed their hands of, the Residential Tenancy Act, but they're really our advocates, our voice as well, right? Sure, we can talk to our MLAs, but we need their support and saying, hey, we need your support, just like they came to the province for well, the STR. I, I think
1: I say this in every episode, but like we're a city that booms in the summer and we're turning into a college town, especially with downtown new campus. Like there is an opportunity to have student housing in the off season, September to May, and then short-term vacation rentals in the summer yeah. in the same places. Yeah. When I'm talking to clients, nobody's going to do that because of the RTA. The tenant doesn't leave their hoop for the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. that. So like it's just not even considered because of that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there is a play there somewhere. Like I don't think that would work across the province, but in our area, I think it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, like some probably kind of, Victoria um, too. Yeah. yeah. Victoria would be obviously a good one too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we had Sin Landolt, uh, maybe six or seven episodes ago, loved him. Great episode. Speaking about one varsity. Uh, And it was interesting because he kind of proposed that, like you asked the same question, oh, is this going to be Airbnb allowable? Yeah, And it's not, but he made a great point. He's like, this is the perfect place to invest in for snowbirds. Like you go to Arizona in the winter, you rent it out to a student or maybe a professor, and then you want to come back and spend a few months in the summer. So it's like a reverse strategy of Airbnb. Yeah. So why can we not have both? Like- complement each other
1: because like we are a city that like, i don't know if it doubles but almost in the summer feels where these people stay right so like i feel that there is a place for airbnb i do understand that people get a little bit we're also going through a housing crisis so something has to happen but i feel like there are creative solutions like your one thing or one airbnb license or two maybe or the tax thing what do you want to see dina 10 yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's just cap it at 100 per (laughs) <laughs> I mean,
0: problem with that is there's always going to be loopholes, right? If you say yeah. one per household, people are going to Buy join home. up. And... Exactly. So there's always understand why they're trying to come out and drop the hammer and just kibosh everything.
1: Yeah. Um, and also governments, like especially our provincial government with Vancouver's house prices have said every election for the last, since I've been an adult, 20 years, that they, <laughs> that <laughs> five if you ask me like, yeah. That there's a housing unaffordability crisis and then governments come and go. Nothing ever happens. And it's just the same. Prices keep on going up. We have COVID boom. Prices double. Same thing. So now it's just like, I think new government, NDP, David Aby is just like, fuck it. We're going. This is what's happening. Every house in BC, you can build four houses. on. No more Airbnbs because nothing's happening. I don't know. I feel like it's low hanging fruit for the government to do that. And they're just doing it.
0: I guess I don't feel it's going to move the needle as much as maybe they're predicting and i haven't seen any predictions to be honest how much they think it's gonna add other than i think what it'd be like 700 units back on the market in Kelowna if they took it away but across bc it's 1.4% 1.4% the houses like have an Airbnb license or have been used. Whether that's a basement suite or a full unit, like you can't really know. But 1.4% of the housing market in BC, I don't think it's gonna really do
1: a lot.
2: Anyone in my portfolio, they're not interested in the long-term market. They didn't get into this, so they'll hit the MLS. Like that's where they're going. So do whether they have a listing agent? Right. <laughs> and I don't know, like I went through this. I remember with this bubble back in 08, I had an executive rental then. And I remember having to lower my rental rates a bit to get it booked but i just remember how many people lost their shirts with the pre-sale market how many people had to walk away from deposits i remember centuria it was like i don't even know if that was 10 percent occupied at that point it was scary and that's what i feel like with all of these people who came into the market to do the short-term rental they may just walk away my point that i forgot to make when you had said was about the self-regulation It's happening right now. We see it on the MLS with the short-term rental condos. I think there's like sixty-five last time I checked again. So people are starting to back out. No one's willing to take a hit though yet. Yeah. And I don't think most of my investors have some room. Yeah, I
0: will say, so I know an agent very well, not in this room, but maybe in the house, but got a purchase on a property in like a year and a half ago. So they did lose their money and it was on a short-term rental. So she did the purchase for clients now and they're buying it as long-term rental. So like, yeah, there are some people that are stepping out of it because they have lost some money, but that's the self-regulation that's coming in. Exactly. Like no one's just going to continuously lose money Mm -hmm. indefinitely. Those that can weather the storm, yeah, are going to do a little bit better and should they well yeah they're taking on risk and they're taking on stress like
2: and those ones that are able to weather the storm are the ones that have more than probably one license per household or one rental per household (laughs) right yeah yeah most of them have mixed portfolios long-term short-term they came to invest in Kelowna because a lot of them see the future of them retiring here. So I just talked to a buyer at Aqua and he said, I know I overpaid for this condo and I know it's not going to cash flow, but I do intend on living in it in the next five plus years.
0: Yeah. And that's a great opportunity for people as well who maybe their kids are going to come to university here in three or four years. They want to buy on the market now make some money and then allow their kid to rent it. Like there's just it creates a lot of opportunities for people to be creative mm-hmm. to provide housing for their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're taking that away.
2: Yeah. Oh, affordable maybe. housing for their family, subsidized like the Cambridge house, those little micro suites, those are all students in the winter and most of their parents own them. And then in the summer they have the option to short term rent to subsidize so that they can afford to put a roof over their kids' heads. So Yeah,
0: yeah I would love to see a census maybe you know this more. Like what I'm is probably total told- <laughs> Yeah, probably don't. What is affordable housing that they're trying to achieve in terms of purchasing? And I know it's like a number for the family, but let's just say the average family, like, is affordable housing $400,000, $500,000? Because, like, if that's the case, why aren't they encouraging or incentivizing developers to build those types of housing? Because right now, like, the incentives, okay, so they're taking GST for the purpose built rentals, that's huge, but it's not creating anything for people in terms of purchasing. Developers are going to take more risk for more money, they're going to build the demand and that's 700 800 900,000 houses which that's not technically affordable for most people. Well, this
1: is the question when you say we need affordable housing like what's the question? Are you expecting real estate prices to stop going up or do you want them to actually come down? And like I think this is where a lot of confusion is. Like does the government even want real estate prices to come down 40%? Like yeah. what will that do to our economy, right? But like people are wishing that they're just not going up right now. So like it just seems like it's a what do you do? Like prices can't come down. The best we can do is just make them flat for, like, if that's even possible, just make them flat for an extended period of time until the graph catches up to where it should have been. Right? right. Like, I think that's kind of the best case scenario if that's even possible. which I don't think it's possible. They've been kind
0: of achieving that. Well, maybe the Bank of Canada has been achieving that more. But like North Vancouver, Kitsilano, yeah. lots of places in Toronto, those have been unaffordable for thirty years. What steps have they taken like over the past 30 years to mitigate that? This is what I was saying. Anything? Nothing. Oh. This is what I'm saying is you've been doing basically but it's, nothing. But there's still great neighborhoods and cities that thrive and people yeah. live there. And like you put a house up for sale, it gets purchased. So yeah, there needs to be some role by the government to plan and have foresight, yeah. but like If Kelowna starts to fall in that naturally, then it falls in it naturally. Mm -hmm. So what are the next steps for you to fight this battle?
2: Well, again, I feel really bad about advocating more. So I'm really close with a lot of my peers in the market. So we do need to form some sort of unofficial association at the moment because I don't have time to form an official association. (laughs) Just to get our message straight. So some advice we've got from city council was... Like when sharing, just share your unique, memorable story in a concise fashion. The problem is, is everybody is trying to defend every aspect of why short-term rental is needed. And they don't need to hear that over. They need to hear from you why it's specifically important. So I think we need to assemble and come up with each message on what area we're really going to focus on and educate them. Because again, I did not realize I gave them way too much credit. I thought they were educated on every topic. How could I expect that? But when I, you know, when I sat down with Mohini, she was really nice. She sat down with a few of us stakeholders and she was like, I haven't read the agenda package, to be honest. I'm very busy. I don't know. Then when we were sharing our stories with her, her eyes were like, wow, you guys have never said anything. And I was like, all right, no. So that's what I'm working on. I encourage everybody to do it because we have until the 21st for the public hearing. Public hearing is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. The last time we did this, it went on forever. It was just like a, what's the word for like a crap fast, you know, like everybody was just, it was too much Yeah. and not focused. So I would really like to make sure that we get the right people up there sharing those really impactful stories.
0: Who decides who gets to go? You just raise your hand and... I don't
2: even remember. No, you don't raise your hand. I feel like I got up there. I don't even remember how you get chosen. I don't remember standing in line. Is
0: it going to be live stream?
2: Yeah, live stream for sure. Three minutes, which is nothing. You
0: get to talk for three minutes?
2: Mm -hmm. And then you get canned. You're done.
0: Get your popcorn. This is going to be exciting. It's eh? so
2: annoying. (laughs) It's annoying. It's
1: going to be a spicy
2: beating. Yeah
0: for both sides like i know we're obviously (laughs) arguing kind of one side it's going to be extreme on both sides like i want to say all of us get both arguments there is an affordability issue but let's just not like penalize just the short-term rentals let's create opportunities Mm -hmm. for everyone
2: yeah so i'm going to prepare more samples of what other municipalities are doing to present to everybody because again if ryan saying we've done the research and we believe that this is the best option they don't know what the other options are because i do think that you know again no one's talking about financial incentives i think a lot of investors would be like oh i like less taxes like people love that totally so definitely showing them what other communities are doing and the fact that they said you know we'll revisit this in one year i thought how do we get a commitment yeah. Cuz they said that last time then they said 2 years we'll review after two full seasons it's been 5 years and now it's a hot mess. Now they're creating a mess. It's not like short-term rentals is a hot mess. It got a little messy for some people. But yeah,
0: I would like to ask eventually, or municipality, I guess it falls under, is how much are they willing to take a hit on their revenue stream <laughs> to provide affordable housing? <laughs> and I mean that because yeah, if we're talking about property tax incentive, for instance, like the margin between my short-term rental property converting that to a long-term, twelve months of the year, instead of just you know we place like a student for six or seven months and then short-term rental, the difference is about six to seven thousand dollars. Yeah, so we make six or seven thousand dollars more having it short term rented for the summer season. So if they said, "Hey, no more property taxes if you just convert it fully." Let's say that's $4,000 of property taxes. That's after my personal taxes, so that's actually like a $6,000 tax break. Yeah. That kind of makes up the margin. Yeah. So is the city willing to say, "Yeah, we have 1,000 units on Airbnb. We're willing to give up 4,000 bucks annually and, you know, like what do they come into the table with?" So
1: incentivize the people that are already licensed.
0: Yeah, and convert it over to long-term. Like if the city came and said, Taylor, we'll take away 4000 bucks on your property tax and your short-term rental if you convert it, you know
1: what? I just that honestly, thinking work. on the other side of that, like I just don't know if a personal residence, like a regular person owning a house is going to love that. An Airbnb guy gets free tax.
0: Well, yeah, okay, to that point then, like let's take away a property transfer tax on... Owner occupied primary residence purchase. Other provinces don't do it. So, same deal. Like, you could penalize people on, hey, property transfer tax on rental properties, investment properties, but owner occupied, we're not doing it. So, that way, like, it's a bit of a give and take. There's lots of different ways you can slice it. But at the end of the day, the province and the municipality are going to have to see a decrease in revenue to incentivize people. And it's not like a big ask. There's, more than half of our provinces don't have those taxes so like it's not like we're doing anything new mm-hmm. but the property
1: transfer tax yeah yeah
2: ask them to take a financial hit <laughs> honestly the,
1: the property budget. transfer tax is significant you're yeah. buying a house yeah. like it's the uh...
0: well yeah and, I mean we had Brendan Augmentson on and he kind of laughed he was like I have no idea where that revenue goes like that is a lot of money
2: that's what I think we need is a little more transparency on where all this money's going well
1: so- it should go yeah if you're doing that to slow demand To try and help out affordability. then it should go to directly helping affordability, like building more houses or affordable units.
2: So I don't know if you know this, but the 3% MRDT occupancy tax that's collected by hotels and short-term rentals. Hotels, that 3% funds like tourism marketing for the area. And from short-term rentals, it's supposed to fund affordable housing. They haven't spent a dime from that coffer it's maybe only a few million dollars at this point but there's no transparency i don't even know what the number is good luck getting tourism well, Kelowna this, this is what or destination with- bc to share like
1: yeah, yeah. how much money
2: have we brought in and where is it
1: well like whenever they do these taxes it just all goes into general revenue and then nobody knows what happens there should be programs where it's like we want to solve this problem so this money is going towards solving that problem yeah. not just going into the pot for everything
0: right. i mean i love that we don't want to like rip apart the city or the province no, no. and you guys that's Dest-
2: destination bc <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we do want to see the transparency on it um, and i think ryan highlighted something good when he was on the podcast and said it's a double-edged sword he's like we're trying to make Kelowna affordable however we're investing in parks and beaches and infrastructure to make this place such a desirable place to live that then it becomes unaffordable so like you're trying to have your cake and eat it too i run out of cake all the time <laughs> okay yeah Moving on a little bit, unless there's anything else you want to cover, I want to talk about a bit of a new venture for you, your own podcast.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Can you highlight that?
2: Yeah, really excited about it. It's called For the Love of STR uh, with my colleague, Sarah Short in Moncton. It's about the business of short term rentals. We both love the business. It's not a property management business. It's hospitality mixed in and obviously a profitable venture. And she comes from the perspective of she owns 30% of her own portfolio. So I was telling you guys, she just purchased about $11 million in real estate in the last two years for furnished rentals. We get inundated, both of us, with questions on like, how did you get started? How do I do this? And I'm really about responsible hosting so that we don't get into this mess. Because that's what happened here is a lot of new green beans came to the scene and kind of spoiled it from everybody with all of the bad. Yes. New green beans. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> green beans. Green beans. You know that comes from, I worked at Starbucks when I was a teenager and green beans were the newbies.
0: Right. Oh, Okay.
2: <laughs> roasted, yeah. Well, I think um, we
0: did talk about this last time you are on the show, is like maybe that's an option as well. Like if you want to run a short-term rental anything, 100%. you have to have an approved licensed yep. manager yep. that can do it properly.
2: Exactly. So that's what they're doing. Inside. Or
1: like do your own, like do a course or something?
2: Well, there is no yep. official, and do I want to regulate this industry? Absolutely not. Because yep. yeah. I don't want to get off. Anyways, I digress. But no, I do think that there should be some sort And I don't know what that looks like yet, because there's a ton of alliances all across basically North America and Europe forming because we all realize this short term rental needs some sort of framework so that everybody understands like what this really is. So I think that's really important. So that's another thing we'll do a lot of education about building the business responsibly. And yeah. yeah, we're really excited to that's awesome. yeah, we're filming there'll be a video podcast, so we'll be on Spotify. Uh, I really love video, as you can see. Yeah. It's so engaging. And plus I really love the live feed too. So we'll have live and then a month later it's published. It bumps up your views.
1: Yeah. Taylor and I love video too. It's just the problem is no one else have any idea how to do it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't easy today. I was, oh, we're supposed to have three functions uh, going mean the
1: files are in the computer.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a great quote. Good for you. Second time Zoolander was quoted on this uh, podcast it took 40 yeah. episodes so <laughs> i love it well yeah that's exciting looking forward to mm-hmm. tuning in on it yeah maybe we can be guests but
2: mm-hmm. i you know, have don't don't actually e- on my dream 100. oh yeah
0: yeah don't expect you us don't charge to- much yeah. <laughs> yeah we're not gonna set the video up for you like we made you do it yeah, yeah okay well we won't get into our normal wrap-up four questions but i do have one question i'm sure matt might have a couple it's out of the four What would you buy in the Okanagan in the next 12 months if you're going to buy a property? And I asked that kind of specific on right now. Would you buy an Airbnb property?
2: No, I wouldn't. Okay. Unless you have a good reason. Like, again, that aqua buyer. We're going to move here. We know it's not cash flowing. Or if you have cash. Yeah. If you have cash, for sure. I've got a few buyers. We've got... I don't want to tell you where the property is. This is a $3 million. Paid cash. No problem. Super chill. Like...
0: You weren't going to tell anyone it was me. <laughs> oh, sorry. She said chill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, I, not, I, not lazy and sleeping.
2: I mean, that would be the only way to do it is if you can cash flow and not feel the pressure. I can't even believe how many people were on variables and stayed on variable and now have to stay.
0: On well, and yeah, there was that person oh, here, here. The pressure
2: on me. I I'll
0: address that. Most people, I mean, now it's fixed, but in that three-year period, you could get the Best bang for your buck purchasing power because of the stress test. We could really only, and you needed it to, for you the could rest. only approve people by a variable. Now, yeah. if you did that, some lenders, depending on the timeframe, you could switch into a fixed product that they would have, obviously a worse rate, but that's how we qualified people. So it wasn't really their choice a lot of the times if they wanted to get a bigger mortgage. So, have, uh do you sleep at night? <laughs> uh, usually, usually <laughs> on my left shoulder, but I've been having a lot of pain there. So
2: sleeping i wish people you know i say like if you are considering buying reach out to a professional like myself in the market that you're researching Yeah. And a few of them, because some of them I'm like, what are you telling these people? Because I'm giving you the honest truth and I'm not closing that contract because honestly, I'm like, if you don't have financial stability, if you can't weather the storm, who knows if another bloody pandemic or the fire like that shut.
1: Or another provincial rule. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: So I'm like, if you can't weather the storm and have a plan B. I don't think this is the game for you. It's not stable, it's yeah. very volatile. Every year I'm like, what is next?
0: I agree, I don't think it's a great time to buy. It was kind of a loaded question. I knew where it was going. That being said, we bought in yeah, Silicon so yeah, a couple months up. ago. Yeah, 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 however, If somebody was seeing an opportunity, like there may be an option where someone's going, you know what, I was planning on buying one of these buildings anyways. I'm probably going to get a discount because whoever's selling wants to beat everyone else. And if it gets an exemption and rules get changed, they may double down and win on that. But I definitely wouldn't put it all in black.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I wonder if there's an opportunity here of getting a place like your primary residence that has like a wicked carriage house or like some sort of like cool suite, situation like mm-hmm. i wonder if there's a good uh market play for that I'm just thinking of this now so I mean, I thought- well,
0: <laughs> honestly in times like these where there's chaos and scarcity there's always opportunity and if you're one of those people that can find it and capitalize on it no. you're going to be exponentially better than everyone else in this position and that's kind of the sad part about these rules they come out with these time and time again and it creates a lot of problems for a lot of people and the few that can sort it out, like that wealth gap just grows. So I don't think this is the solution. But
1: honestly, I am glad you said that because I feel like even with our market now, just buying a regular house where people are like, basically rates have been high for a year. Like they just think the sky is falling. This is the end of earth. Right. And it's just like the market is going to go up. It's going to go down. There's going to be ups and downs. Like to expect that our market is not going to go up again is just crazy.
2: I watched this again. I've had real estate in phone, I think 22 years. And I remember back in 07, 08, my neighbor, when they sold their property, I was like, I won't give you the values because I don't need anybody, but you know how much things were back then. But I was like, no way he's going to get that. And he got it. And then watching the values drop and drop. And I was like, oh, every time I got my assessment, I was like, oh, what a bummer. Just it's done that a few times. And that was really aggressive back then. And that's why, again, when I shop for my investors, I'm like, what are you in this for? Are you in this for the long run? Like, can you do this? So. Yeah.
0: I think- For me to conclude this live stream is the first time for me. Thank you. I think moving forward, we need to provide, like you said, solutions to our city council that they can bring forward instead of just kind of fighting back and saying it's unfair. Mm -hmm. Let's provide solutions for it.
2: And I think that's our responsibility because council can't come up with that. I don't think Ryan Smith can come up with that. So I think, again, that's where it all comes down to, like how many of us can kind of come together and give them some, because yeah, there's some great examples of cities are able to do this.
0: Well, and that's the big one is like, let's get some data Mm -hmm. to make decisions. It's just not
2: tough. The data is tough. We may have to poo poo on the data. (laughs) It is so hard. (laughs) It it is. So hard because especially like here, we're going to be doing so much. Much. how are we going to measure which like you have to have a control yeah. and if we're pulling all these levers how are we going to f-
0: totally yeah
2: how are we going to see which one
0: you're pulling 10 levers at the same time uh, you don't know which yeah. one's working
2: yeah. you yeah. don't have an aura ring to wear to measure the yeah. micro data of what happened
0: well and the hard part is too you can't just like pick one building and say okay we're just gonna try it with this and see what happens like yeah it's kind of all yeah. or nothing
2: but the nice thing is i mean str regulations isn't new and there's a ton of communities that have been mm-hmm. through this like when you were saying with new york this isn't their first rodeo this is their second yeah. big push
0: okay well we need to wrap this up but yeah thank you so much okay. for coming on we're looking forward to the podcast being released
2: for the love of str
0: yeah oh, can't wait. and it's thanks awesome for coming on good seeing yeah. you thanks for sharing your story here
2: thanks guys
1: yeah Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and
0: subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.